This special video episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want on Dating Kinky's YouTube channel is presented by Dating Kinky. It's built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Featuring personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want presented by Dating Kinky. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as educators, sex-positive personalities, and other amazing people sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is our own wonderful human with the questions. John, or as he is known around the kink and fetish community, hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to a very special edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want today from the TRE Dungeon in Dayton, Ohio. We're coming back to the dungeon to get a part two with Temptress Raven Eve. We met with her just a few months ago to talk a little bit about her philosophies in this wonderful world of BDSM, and now we're going to get to hear her origin story and how FetishCon played a part in that. Temptress Raven Eve on what women and other wonderful humans want. And here we are again yeah. in the beautiful TRE dungeon with Temptress Raven Eve. Hello, hello. Thank you for bringing us back to the dungeon. Thank you for having me back on the show. We last time talked a lot about philosophy and I didn't really get a chance to talk about your origin story. So right. I'd like to do that. Okay. When did you first develop an interest in anything that would be considered BDSM and fetish now? My very first was um, an introduction to a local fight company. And um, I watched, went to a live event, watched and said, <laughs> fucking, fucking do that. <laughs> so um, I joined their company and uh, that was the very first intro to anything fetish and BDSM. Was it the competition? Was it the impact? Was it the opportunity to show dominance or competitiveness that drew you to it? What was it the most? Yes. <laughs> That's my easiest way to answer that. Yes, I'm a very competitive person. I'm a very competitive person anyway. Mm -hmm. If I can get my lips to move now. <laughs> Love this lipstick. Um, I'm very competitive as it is, and being introduced to that, um, I'd never done anything athletic before. Mm -hmm. I was always in choir and singer, so I never did anything athletic until I got introduced to that. And um, the idea that I got to fucking beat the snot out of somebody for no fucking reason <laughs> sounded lovely. Um, and watching it really made me wanna be in the ring I wanted to be one of the girls I didn't want to sit and watch. It doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't want to watch racing. I want to be the one racing the car. <laughs> so, yeah. So that um, all of those things are a yes. So the absolute no holds barred, let's have some real bit of smackdown. Yeah. You enjoyed that, <laughs> but when did you know you were really good at it? Mm. Um, it, well, kind of happened pretty quick, I guess, at mm -hmm. it, because I'm usually pretty fast at picking up stuff. So um, uh, the first, 
I started, I got introduced going to a show and then I started, I was like, hey, I'll just do your photography and mm -hmm. stuff so I can be involved. Went to some practices <laughs> and uh, the first or the second um, thing that I went to was supposed to be just doing photography. Their main girl got injured and they said, you want to go in? And I went, oh, fuck, I didn't plan on that tonight, but sure. You know, there's nothing better than pulling the Band-Aid off. There's mm -hmm. no, you're never fully prepared for anything like that your first time. You, you just aren't. So um, I uh, went in the ring and in three minutes, I tapped her out twice and yeah, that wasn't what was happening in practice. So she was not a very happy camper. Um, I'm dying to know what hold you used to tap her out twice. Um, I think I arm barred her. I think I arm barred her twice. Um, which was pretty, arm bars are pretty simple. Um, mm -hmm. I'm that in um, triangles um, are kind of my favorites. I like to play from uh, underneath. Mm -hmm. I like to play from the bottom because that means that I'm using your fuck ups to win. It makes it pretty fucking easy. Um, so yeah, it was fun and I fucking loved every second of it. And I was like, <laughs> I want to do that again. Um, and so it kind of thrusted me into video, doing video work with mm -hmm. them and kind of moving me forward with doing stuff behind, in front of the camera. Did you have a favorite fight that you can remember? Yes. Um, and the one that anyone that knows me from wrestling and fighting knows me from the video I did. Um, I fought a girl named Mila Rose for the Chicago company that I worked for a mm -hmm. lot. and. Um, and just this is a little insight for those of you who don't fucking know this who are big in my wrestling background um i did not know that that's what that fight was supposed to be i thought it was supposed to be just a little bit above what we would normally do mm -hmm. for leather and lace <laughs> <laughs> and i quickly learned after the second fall that i was like Oh, fuck you, bitch. Like, I don't care what he says I'm supposed to do in this. I'm going to fuck you up. Wow. And uh, so what you didn't see is that video that was put out actually had two falls that wasn't on it. Because I think it only had a few on there. It mm -hmm. cut off the last two. I do believe I've never bought the damn thing. So, I, <laughs> But if I know people who've talked about it. So that was probably, I just wish I'd known going in what it was because the first two falls I would have been way fucking nastier. So mm -hmm. I wasn't. <laughs> so it brings a question because I am an old professional wrestling announcer. Yes. I actually was on ESPN doing it for many years. Yes. Got to work with Stone Cold, Mick Foley. And people know what the sports entertainment is in that. Mm -hmm. Doesn't sound like there's a lot of entertainment in this, especially if you are going in it as intense as you are. Yeah, no, I never, um, I did, we did some of that. So Leather and Lace was a lot of the pro style. Mm -hmm. So for those guys who were into pro style, um, women's full bottom bathing suits and um the ring and you know getting in the ring and climbing over the mm -hmm. ring and doing the whole bottom <laughs> thing and getting in um and i i loved it i am not pro <laughs> i'm not pro wrestling trained by any fucking mm -hmm. means i would not get into a pro wrestling ring i am not i'm not that um but we had a lot of fun and i loved it and i loved wrestling with other girls who loved it Safa Warda is, she's 
was probably one of my favorites in the ring. Like her and I would just fucking, by the time we were done, we were like, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> um, you know, I miss those days. Mm -hmm. That was a fuck ton of fun and we got paid well. And um, the guy backing the company um, who took care of us all was just a fucking lovely human. And mm -hmm. I, had a, I had a blast. Is it a little bit like roller derby where you'll beat the shit out of each other for a good hour and then go have a beer afterwards? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's exactly like that. And, you know, the girls that were fun were the ones that it wasn't an ego boost. It's mm -hmm. like we're in there enjoying ourselves and having fun, and it doesn't fucking matter at the end of it who fucking wins. We did not. Most of us gave zero shits about that part of it. We just loved being in the ring. Like, mm -hmm. I loved wrestling. I loved fighting. I loved competitive fighting. My body does not like it anymore. I'm I too old. I was about to ask. Yeah, I'm too old. I can't do it. Um, my, my back can't handle it anymore. I wish it could because mm -hmm. I'm vicious, and I love being vicious. It's a lot of fun. But now I get to put it into a different aspect of my life doing things that I really love to do anyway mm -hmm. and I still see um, a very small handful um, only one mainly that I still do competitive mm -hmm. style with and um, it's lovely when I get to see him because we have a fuck ton of fun <laughs> um, safely without injury. <laughs> So you go from the wrestling world. Yes. And since this is a FetishCon Friday edition of the show, let's talk about where your origins for the BDSM and fetish part started, because I think it was at FetishCon. Fet yes. Yep. Uh, FetCon 2015. So got in this business in 2014, working for the local fight company, mm -hmm. uh, moved on to the Chicago company, then moved on to um, a company in Florida and um, became friends with a girl there very fast. And she was like, hey, come to FetCon 2015 <laughs> with me. And I said, fuck yeah. Um, and that's where, where I, I really got started doing all of the other stuff. I got into um, being a bondage model and doing all of those things. So it was FetishCon 2015 and I've gone every year since, except for obviously the ones that were closed for COVID. Mm -hmm. I like being around Gene and Sybil and being with my group and they all go to FetishCon, so <laughs> you'll probably still find me there. I'll talk a little bit about Gene and Sybil and that entire family a little later because that has its own it beautiful does. story. It does. So you in bondage, I've seen it before, but it's not something that I expect, especially as powerful as you are. Yeah. So what was it like being the bondage model? Um, the way it started probably isn't the exact same way it finishes, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it, it started at FetCon, worked with a producer, um, figured out that, it, wow, this is a fuck ton of fun for me because I love acting. Mm -hmm. So it was the acting part of it and the fact that I had no idea what I was doing, but he was like, God, you're really good at this. Thanks. <laughs> um, and then... My second producer to shoot me at FetishCon was Ivan Boulder, and um, as I said in my last, the last podcast, um, me and me and Rob McRae and Ivan Boulder and Lou Rubens all became really close friends. Mm -hmm. But that first video 
that the second video shoot I ever did, the first video with Ivan and Rob, and as soon as we were done shooting, I was like, I can't believe I get paid to do this. Like, this is <laughs> fucking fun. Like, oh. Um, but Ivan and I really had a lot of trust, so we could do some things with each other that we really, not that we, we just felt really comfortable mm -hmm. doing. And so a lot of my really good shoots are, um, and some of my favorite shoots are with, um, you know, so many of my friends in the business, mm -hmm. um, including him. And it was just lovely. I mean, we got done and I knew if I looked up at Rob, he'd have busted out laughing and I knew Ivan was trying to not laugh behind <laughs> me and I'm trying not to laugh at the things coming out of my own mouth and we got done and that just it sparked fun in me it was fun for me it was work mm -hmm. I don't I don't enjoy getting tied up it is not my thing um but it was so much fun to act and be on screen that I loved it paint me a picture of that first shoot do you remember what the position was do you remember oh what you absolutely i will never forget it was i i was a pissed off girlfriend <laughs> and um ivan had stayed out too late and um he came back to the hotel and i was berating him for the girl that he works with and he had me um face down on the bed and I was fighting him because I could really I like he and I could go at it mm -hmm. on screen and he knew where I was going to kick he knew where I was going to hit I knew where I could hit and kick and and fight back and when not to fight back but look like you're fighting back mm -hmm. it, you know it's a dance on film on screen it's a dance when you're doing that stuff and he and I just instantly clicked with it and um <laughs> I made fun of the girl's name, and I was like, oh, God, what did I use? Um, I, oh, I said, um, her, name, her name is Eva, not Eva. And I knew if I looked up, Rob was going to lose his shit. And I could feel him wanting to die, because he was like, covered his mouth while he's videoing and I'm behind me he can giggle a, lot, a little during it right because he can but I'm not allowed to start laughing either because I'm supposed to be pissed oh we were so it was so funny and I've just like ever since it was just so much fun to do mm -hmm. um I wish I liked rope more because I would enjoy it more but I just don't you call it a dance it's a dance and obviously you have to have a good partner in that dance, but when do you know that the beat's right? What do you mean? When do you know that it's absolutely working and the energy is just coming out on screen? Um, I really, I got very lucky that I worked with, I instantly went into it, mm -hmm. working with only some of the very top producers ever to put bondage on screen minus insects who I can't, nope, no, absolutely not, would never do for me, not not into that. Um, my heaviest is Eric Kane and Lou Rubinson, I'm good. <laughs> I'm real good, I've done my hard stuff, I'm done with that. Um, that real heavy predicament bondage is not, does not work for me, um, but the, it was easy for me because I didn't really think of it that way. 
-hmm. I just worked with some of the really best people in the business and it it made it easy. Uh, I've never really had any bad shoots. I've never really had like where I left and went, that was awful, this, this, this. I mean, you know, working with some of these, these are all friends. Mm -hmm. They all became friends. um, And that makes a difference when you trust people. Mm -hmm. And these were all people I could trust even in when things happen on screen or off screen or things where you have to (laughs) cut because things happen. Uh, I was always, I always knew I'd be taken care of and there would be no problems. Because he's been a guest on this show and because I've gotten to know him, I think the only bondage I've ever actually seen of you was the stuff that you did with Shiny. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Weird. Weird cat suit. Yes. Why? Weird that that's what you would watch. (laughs) Weird. Go ahead. Super heroin stuff and... And shiny cat suits. Yeah, yeah that, that's shocking. me. Yeah. yeah. I I'm I actually put out a Christmas tweet I saying know, I saw it. All I want for Christmas is to be a shiny bound model. Yep, I saw it. Okay. <laughs> so shiny bound. What about that? You play the pissed off dominatrix. A lot. In that. In yep. that. But here's what I wanted to ask you in regards to that. Do you think anybody who sees you as a dominatrix looks at that and goes, oh, wait a minute, why is she doing that? She's a dom. Uh, That's why I have a couple Twitter accounts, right, Mm -hmm. is to separate that stuff out because there are guys that can't decipher between those things. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm an actress. And a very good one. (laughs) Everybody has a day job. Mm -hmm. Um, Fetish stuff for me was um, acting. It was actress. It was work. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was fun work. Uh, It was still work. Still work. So that stuff, I mean, I went to Vegas and spent a week in Vegas, and we shot a lot of stuff uh, for his stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that was at the point where I was kind of I'm I'm starting to get out of the of the bondage modeling mm-hmm. during that that time I was starting to shift stuff away. So he rather enjoyed getting to tie up the dom. <laughs> and a lot of people have seen that work because he works with a lot of people who, mm-hmm. you know, do both. And um, that was a lot. It was a lot of fun. But yeah. Weird shiny cat suits or anything. I got to admit it. I love my cat suits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we return on what women and other wonderful humans want with the amazing Temptress Raven Eve, we're going to talk about the entree into the BDSM part of the world. Mm -hmm. When we come back, if I can ever get out of this. No. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Presented by Dating Kinky, wherever you get your podcasts.
should I go? Is the red light on? Yep, everything's on. Oh, yeah. good. I have no clue. I know. Welcome back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want from the TRE Dungeon. And, uh, well, uh, <laughs> I thought the sex swing last time was uh, pretty amazing, but mm. you've definitely topped yourself here. Yeah. <laughs> I've left your ankles open, though. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like I can go much of anywhere else. Are you sure? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Weird. Mm. And I thank you. Mm. Oh, there it is. You're welcome. Thank you, Temptress. There yes. it is. There that's, we go. That's, that's the correct. Yes. Yep. The name Temptress. Yes. Where was that developed? Uh, Temptress was a lot of time and thought because I rebranded myself, which I'm sure we will get into a little bit of that to talk mm -hmm. about fetish con and things. Mm -hmm. uh, I rebranded myself from just Raven Eve, which I did for my modeling. Uh, all of the bondage modeling, all of, all of my modeling over the last eight years have all been under Raven Eve. And so I wanted to rebrand that because everyone needs that name. Some ladies like mistress, some of them like goddess. Uh, I am definitely a temptress. So it, I thought long and hard before deciding to go with that. And it just fits, just fits. When people say, thank you, temptress, does mm -hmm. it add that much more to the feeling when it comes back to you that way? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love to play a little game when I'm working with other doms because when I work with Mistress Jean, <laughs> if a client does not remember to say thank you, Mistress, thank you, Temptress, they will get reminded nicely the first time and then not so nicely from there on out eventually you're going to remember to say thank you mistress and thank you temptress you're going to remember to say that <laughs> or i'm going to make sure you know before you leave to say it properly so i love to play that game i love to play it with Jean. i love to play it with goddess adara <laughs> and so uh, they better remember to say goddess and temptress or I don't I'm not a very happy camper when did you feel that temptress was you was there a genesis to that I have always been told for many years but by by people even closest to me right not not people who are just <laughs> trying to, you know, suck my dick. Um, <laughs> it's the best way to put that. Uh, I don't know if you can see me laughing through this, but I'm laughing. I can hear you. <laughs> I've been told that I have a thing, whatever that is. I have a thing. There's just something about me. And I like to tempt and tease and torment and torture. All very yummy T words. And tempting you or temptress really just fit me and I did throw some ideas off of 
um, Rob McRae really helped me figure that out. I was going through a lot of names and choosing some things and decided that I, I didn't want to change from 100% from Raven Eve because that is also who I am. Mm-hmm. So it ended up Temptress Raven Eve. It just fits. Temptress Raven Eve has been an evolution. Even the Raven Eve part has been a, an evolution. Yes. How did that evolve? It evolved from the wrestling and the competitive wrestling to bondage, to heavier predicament bondage, uh, to working with people like Eric Kane and Lou Rubens, um, doing some really heavy, hard stuff. And, and then I was good. <laughs> I was good there. That was, uh, um, I did my five times with Eric Kane. I got my card. It's all punched. <laughs> I won the t-shirt. I survived Eric Kane. Uh, <laughs> but it evolved through that to uh, domination, to mainly only domination. And again, that came about through an interaction at Fetish Con mm-hmm. with the producer of Club Dom, Leche, who I'm very good friends with. <laughs> and... Uh, I can give you a little story on that one because I know you're going to ask. Not that I can go anywhere. (laughs) I I know you're going to ask anyway. (laughs) So I came down from a shoot. I don't even remember. I was wearing something from a bonded shoot. So it was not very dommy. I don't remember what it was, but I had some sundress on or something. And I went down to the bar because I was looking for someone. And (laughs) this guy at the bar was like hey and I was like huh and he goes are you a dom and I went I seriously this is what I did you can't see me but I looked down at my clothes and I looked up at him like a like you're a dumb motherfucker and I said uh what about me makes you think I'm a dom and he's like you look like a dom and I was like (laughs) yeah I'm a dom And so our conversation kind of went from there where, you know, could you come here? And so that was with Leche. Uh, And we have been friends ever since because I was like, the fuck are you blind over there? But he just, it was an aura and even in a sundress, apparently I give it off. So it was fun. And he is, um, I credit him and uh Cheyenne the owner of Club Dom for a lot of this and could not be more grateful for their company and them you talk about Temptress being a brand but in your content from your videos meaning the social media videos that you have had with your amazing mirror that is over to, I guess, my left right here that you use. Right there, yeah. The looks that you give, and we talked about this the last time, but the looks that you give and the energy that you can bring out simply through a social media video is just breathtaking. Thank you. So I can totally see why in a sundress you would still have a Dom vibe. Thank you. 
because I have, and I will say that the other night I watched a Temptress Raven Eve Nisa Nevers video that was done for me. Yes. And beautiful custom. You're welcome. Every and thank you, Temptress. You're See, welcome. I learned. <laughs> you do. Uh, and every part of that, the eyes, the way you talk, the tone of your voice, the movements, says Dom, I couldn't imagine being you anything else. Thank you. Was there a genesis to you feeling that way? Or did it just evolve saying, okay, I've tried this bondage thing. It's time for me to be putting the restraints on. Well, I've never not been a dominant. Mm -hmm. uh, I have been um, the bondage model. But if you typically look at my eight years of body of work, I'm not the person you hire as the um, girl next door that gets tied up ever. That's Rachel Adams. <laughs> Love her. Uh, that's Rachel. I am not. I am not really that. I am the dommy, bitchy, mommy, babysitter that gets tied up, your boss at work. Uh, I typically always played that role, that scenario for me because it's so, it comes so easy to be that way on camera mm -hmm. for me. <laughs> so uh, there was a lot of that. And towards the last, I mean, most of the videos I did, I would say the last year I was really active, was a lot of the Dom getting tied up. The Dom getting tied up. The Dom getting the tables turned. I want to see the <laughs> Dom take it. Um, and the, even one of the last customs that... Eric Kane and I did was the Dom getting tied up and getting what was coming to her. And I <laughs> looked at Eric and I said, uh, you know, this is a stretch, but I'll do my best to give you exactly what your customer wants. Uh, but I, I mean, I can't promise anything. This is real difficult for me. And then I would always say, I would always say to Eric, remember, I love you <laughs> before he tied me up. Remember, I love you. Oh, you have to do that. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Anyway, I will tell you that Eric <laughs> has agreed to be on the show later <gasps> on this year. Has he? And we are going to have a conversation about what he's been doing. Oh. I wrote him a note and he said, thank you very much for all the nice compliments and I'm tying some people up right now, but let's talk <laughs> later in the year. So <laughs> we will definitely visit with Eric Kane later on this year and get into the mind of, of that person. Oh. <laughs> oh, that will be fun. And you've already seen Ariel Anderson. So, yeah. um, and I'm sure I've not gotten to watch that, but I'm sure Ariel, because uh, I know it just it just went up recently, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, Ariel. The one of the last shoots I did with Eric was Ariel and I together when she was over here, and it was it was tremendous because we got to I got to dom her first, mm -hmm. and then I had the tables turned. Shocking again, uh, but yes, lovely, lovely, absolutely amazing people, both of them. Talking about Ariel, because she's been on this show mm -hmm. and people can hear the show on the archives. Mm -hmm. A six foot two sub. Yes. <laughs> that 
if you were to see her, you could pr probably go, yeah, possibly Dom, but there's this wonderful, gentle, innocent <sighs> vibe about her. She has that. So I'm going to give you a little story on Ariel. Okay. So she was coming over, she was coming over here to do some work and she was going to be in Columbus. And this was before we had ever met. I'd been following her on on Twitter for a while, and I said, oh my gosh, you're in Columbus. I would hate to miss meeting you, because I really want to meet you. So I drove to Columbus and picked her up at her hotel, and I took her to uh, Dirty Frank's, which is a, uh, it's a little hot dog place mm -hmm. that's local, because I could eat there. I have a lot of allergies. And she was like, I would love to do this. So we went there and walking into this little restaurant with this super tall, I mean, in person, she is just as beautiful as she is on camera. I just, and I said, I've never felt more tiny short and not model like <laughs> than standing next to her if you want to feel basic <laughs> stand next to ariel anderson she is just exquisite and she's the nicest human on the planet mm -hmm. and we had the best dinner and i took her back to the hotel and i just i got to hang out with her before ever doing any work with her or any of the things and she is absolutely just as lovely uh in person and she is the nicest person but she is every bit of the most ex exquisite beauty in person that you know even me in heels I'm doing this and I'm like you're so pretty like how are you so pretty it's just yeah she is that gorgeous you may be demure in size but there is no demure in power no. in you at all no obviously i'm six foot four you talked about working with people who are my size yes tell me the mindset that you get into to be able to bring someone of my size down to their knees oh it, i don't care how tall you are i don't care how big you are I don't care any of those things because none of that matters because in my space or anywhere I'm at that I'm dominating you and you walk through that door, you are to leave every part of that outside. I don't care how alpha you think you are. I will make damn, damn sure that you are reminded that you are not in here. This is the space for you to let all of that go. None of it exists. I control you. I am the Dom. I am the Alpha. And that's the way it's going to be. I don't have to. It doesn't matter the height or size or any of that. None of that matters. None of it. We left your origin story off at the bondage model side mm -hmm. and we heard the first inkling of are you a dom mm -hmm. tell me the story of how you went from oh i'm a dom to i am a dom where was that flickering moment of um 
what I'm catching from that is where's the flickering moment that this is really the thing and I have that validation in my own mind of being that side of things. When you fell in love with the idea of being a Dom? Um, oh, the first time I ever dominated somebody, literally the first time that I did a Dom session uh, strictly which uh, I have two of those moments, one with my first time sub who was local, who I met local, who was my full time for um, a long time until he met his current wife and I was at their wedding and they're wonderful people. <laughs> I love them very much. They're still very, very, very good friends. And um, that very first session with him when he was like, hey, would you like to try this? And I was like, ah, fuck yeah, I'd like to try that. Let's do that. And he showed me some videos and I was like, cool, I, I'm pretty sure I got this. And uh, we had the best say, and he's like, you've never done this before? And I was like, nope. <laughs> he said, that was awesome. That was better than any video I've ever seen. And then dominating my first masochist female who really could take everything, absolutely everything. And... Um, we my first time playing with her really was at a play party and with Ivan Boulder and Lou Rubens and um, it was a bunch of of people the North Carolina group of friends and uh, Lou Rubens was having a party and uh, I I played with her for a long time in front of everyone and it was beautiful and no one else in the room existed. And at that point, I was like, oh, yeah, this is definitely where I deserve to be and where I need to be. I uh, love to call it the world where the rest of the world goes away when you're in it. Uh-huh. That's exactly how it should be. You mentioned the first time you dominated the guy where he said, this is better than any video I've ever seen. Yes. Most of our audience is pretty smart in that regard, but for somebody who has tuned on, uh, turned on this YouTube video, seeing this wonderful person being interviewed by, um, well, somebody who can't do much about it, what is the biggest misconception when somebody comes in with a video idea versus the actual reality of getting to share a space with you. <laughs> That's so easy because we, most of us in this business deal with this. And if you haven't, you haven't been in the business very long um, because all of us deal with that, right? Mm -hmm. There is a difference between what you think you can handle and take for real that turns you on, that you jack off to, and what you can really take in real life, uh, fantasy versus reality. Your fantasy may be that you, um, let's say hypothetically, you like um, big giant cock, right? Let's just use that, let's just say for example. And you've never had anything there. That's not going in there. That's not going in anything. It's not going anywhere, right? So your fantasy versus your reality are two totally different things. So you have to realize that when you see something on film, the, the 
person on the other end is probably a professional or somebody that's been doing it a long time, they've been trained a long time, they've been trained for it. So let me use an example, Club Dom, we had Algo and, and Gabby, those were the two main subs all the time. Gabby was the one that took all the big things. Uh, Algo was the one that took the ball busting and all of the impact play and a lot of those scenes and taught a lot of women in this business how to throw a whip, to be honest. Uh, and these people were trained. They were trained subs. They knew what they were doing. This is a totally different situation when you get into a space like this. Being honest with the dom that you're seeing or the play partner that you're seeing, letting them know the real reality. Do not be like, I want this. And then when you get in a session or a play session, you know, you find that top expects those you to be able to do those things and you can't. Mm -hmm. And it creates a problem because then we have to regroup and go, well, what, what do we do with you now? Right. Um, for those of us that are pros, it's a little, it's a whole lot easier for us to transition into something else when we have a nice list of things that you like in a play situation. You may be limited to a certain amount of toys and things, which would create an issue for your top, possibly. So those are important. The decision to go pro for you, yeah, an easy one or an evolution? Easy. It was easy and it was, it was my destiny is the best way to put that. Mm -hmm. It was my destiny. Yeah. So take us through those early years. Oh, you know, everyone finds their way in different ways, right? And every evolution of different dungeon I um, was part owner in or was part of got me to where I'm at now. Every dom that I've worked with, I've learned something from. Every person I've interacted with that was in the lifestyle, you know, I would say 95% of my skill comes from lifestylers who do this one thing and they do it really well and they know what they're doing and I've been to several lifestyle classes and, and learned from other doms as well, taken some dom classes, taken this, that, or the other, right? So everything that I've learned has been from a lot of varying places, and it really has evolved me to where I'm at now, which is having my actual own space that is mine, <laughs> and having everything that I own be mine and it's only me here, you know, no one else uses my space. Uh, and the evolution has brought me to where I'm probably the happiest I've been in a very long time. When we come back, we're going to talk about you moving into your space, but I do want to talk a little bit before we break about the current situation I'm in. Mm -hmm. I think we've discussed privately I know we have, mm -hmm. my fear of hoods yes. and my absolutely desiring to be in them, but for some reason being scared of them. Mm -hmm. I spent the first, I'd say third of this segment with my eyes closed and then I opened them 
trying to get used to the fact that there is a total restriction, total covering of my head. You were lovely enough to help talk me through it when we started. Talk a little bit about what the feeling of putting on a hood uh, or you putting a hood onto somebody. What is the feeling you want them to have? Okay, so my feeling and your feeling are going to be two different things, right? Completely different, top and bottom. It depends on the submissive and what they want, right? So I understand having a fear of hoods. I'm not, I don't personally care for a hood on me. It's, it's just my thing. But I love using hoods in sessions because it takes you out of your head. Uh, most doms that I have ever worked with personally the first thing they do is put a hood of some sort on clients. I don't always do that, just a, just a preference. But those that, that cannot get out of their headspace, cannot move away or get into the session because they just can't get out of their brain, sometimes they need that hood to help push them over the edge of a sensory, a part of that sensory deprivation to take them out of their head and to let them know that they're here, right? Bondage does that, arm binders does that, hoods do that, depending on who you are, right? Some just need a foot in their mouth. <laughs> uh, my bounce, uh, my uh, gimpy, you know, he all he needs, a cigar and feet in his mouth and he's out. Like his whole head is gone, Phew. ADHD out the window, he, that his head never shuts off that's all he needs he just needs me most of the time I could do anything to him and he sets spaces so for me what do I want I want to get you out of your head I want you to be in the situation in the session with me present right now I want you present right uh, as present as your head can be when you're getting to a place where I can put you into subspace for you, it's all those other things that I talked about as a bottom. Is there anything you add to that that you think a hood does for you personally? I know that it absolutely helps me get out of my head, but Kay. as time goes on and I try different kinds of hoods, it goes from being out of my head to feeling as though I'm detached from the outside world. Correct. Which is getting you out of your head. And yep. it leads me to an interesting story for you mm -hmm. because I know that my craving for being a sub and having scenes is to be able to let go and get out of my head and not have to make decisions. But as a dom, you're having to make decisions all the time. Mm -hmm. How do you get out of your head to be able to do that? To do, I, I, ha I don't have to get out of my, I have to be in my head to mm -hmm. be able to work, right? I have to be, <laughs> I have to be very present during my sessions. Let me rephrase this if yeah. you don't mind, Tempest. So when I performed improv, 
going out onto a stage, I had to get out of my head before I could perform so I could just let things happen. So I'm wondering if a similar thing happens in being a dom where it suddenly becomes it's just happening as opposed to you having to worry about every little thing and it just feels like that dance you talked about earlier. Oh, that would be typically with either returning clients that I've seen for an elongated amount of time, like my very first client who's still a client to this day, uh, or my wrestling client that's been a client for six, seven years um, that I do competitive, semi-competitive wrestling with, and we know each other, to my full-time boys, um, Gimpy, Bounceleave, my houseboy, and my sissies, and my whore. Like, those, it's a dance. It doesn't require me to have the laundry list of, you know, you like this, but you really don't in real life, that real life first fantasy that we have to figure out in a session with somebody. And remembering the laundry list of things that you like or things that I've already done in my head, we're gonna do this and we'll do this and we'll do some of this and maybe some of this and that laundry list of things that we kind of go through. I don't have a set session you're not going to come in here and get the same first session as somebody else that'll never happen it's never the same ever so the laundry list of things sometimes you only get one of those things because you subspace instantly and we only have an hour and that's where I'm going to stay because that's what you need is to be out of your head so to take you out of that would really kind of ruin the session for you because I got you where you needed to actually be. That's, you know, typically the point. So, you know, you may have 20 things and you really only need one of those. Or you may have 20 things and you may really need five of those, you know. Uh, the first couple sessions that's what it is it's having that laundry list but until I really know you and I can just go into stuff I can do anything I want to my three full times and that and it doesn't matter I can do anything they'll do anything I want you know I know what gets them into their headspace and it makes it easy for me I don't have to go into it thinking heavily or worrying about anything I can stick a camera on and we can shoot it there's no stress when we play, and it's, it's a lot of fun. We're going to take a break, although I have no idea how I'm going to take hmm. a break unless I'm allowed to. I'll I have really to say thank like you, Temptress. I would really like to leave you there, but yes, you're going to need to say thank you, Temptress. Thank you, Temptress. <laughs> when we come back, we are going to talk about this beautiful space and talk about a very special relationship next on what women and other wonderful humans want oh i really can't mm, you know i'm gonna i'll be back oh. and yeah oh. yeah no really i'll be back i think um just stay there we invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show you can find us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, 
and on FetLife at www.podcast. And if you want to follow the host, that's easy. On Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, he is Hi There Catsuit. And now back to what women and other wonderful humans want, presented by Dating Kinky. Welcome back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want from the TRE Dungeon. I keep getting myself into more and more trouble, don't I? (laughs) Yes, you do. I found out what happens when you say the wrong word. Mm Mm-hmm. And what word is that? The word that I'm supposed to use is, thank you, temptress, and it came out, thank you, mm, and I knew as soon as I went, mm, (laughs) <laughs> that I was in trouble. <sighs> mm. You have a wonderful energy about you. Thank you. And one of the things that I do know is that when you get a chance to visit with the amazing Jean Bardot, your energy just shoots to the moon. Tell me about meeting Jean, and tell me just what being a part of the Bardo family is like. Um, so my very first meeting with Jean was at FetCon. I have no idea what year it was. I really couldn't tell you. Uh, and I became friends with uh, the Michelle, uh, Michelle Carey. And if anyone knows, that's one of the little tranny, our little cross-dresser friend, tranny, Michelle, uh, who I go to all the events with and stay with. (laughs) Uh, And that was the first year I'd met Michelle. And Michelle was like, you have to come to Bloody Mary Sunday, uh, Sybil's Bloody Mary Sunday, which was being held in Sybil and Jean's room. And I I go in and I... (laughs) I hit in the corner like, don't anyone tell Jean I'm here. I'm just going to sit in the corner and watch um, like a fly on the wall. And it was so much fun. But she walked into the room and she just had a robe on and she's, you know, her hair is not nothing. And I was like, how are you this beautiful? It's just a, like, <laughs> and um, I sat there and listened to her talk to I think it was Jim Weathers and just, you know, everyone was in the room and it was so much fun. And I had to leave because I had to do a shoot and I was really mad. (laughs) I was really mad because she had some electrodes on Michelle's ball. (laughs) It's an inside joke. It was on Michelle's ball. And uh, and I had to leave and I was very sad. But uh, over the course of everything and during COVID, we all did zoom meetings once a week to kind of catch up with each other and see what everyone was doing and um it you know kind of snowballed into a lot of stuff and a lot of fun and me getting to go to minneapolis and session with her uh in her dungeon and um being really pulled into the family that family is so amazing because it's not just Jean. It is mm-hmm. this merry band of Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeffrey. Yeah. And the Jeffrey. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's just 
it's amazing how kind she is. Yes, she is. How beautiful she is. Yes. And even though she's been in this business since the way beginning. Yeah. A, a little while. She's never soured to it. No. She loves this business with all her heart. Yes, she does. And she's uh, she's really wonderful. Uh, and I couldn't ask for somebody better to, to be close with and call my friend. And her and Sybil and her husband and Tilda... And the Jeffrey and the, the her whole very close knit family and and the Michelle <laughs> uh, they are all wonderful humans and they have really you know pulled me into this you know and accepted me into this part of their family and um, you know. Jean, I tell Jean, I always learn something from her every time I'm there, and it's, I just feel blessed. It's a blessing. Hey, it's Jean Bardot here. I want to take a few minutes to talk about Temptress Raven Eve. Since the day we've met, we've been laughing and having a ton of fun together. She's someone that is bold and beautiful, brazen and sexy and very sadistic. Just my kind of person. She's an all around good human. I love hanging out with her and I especially love it when she's in Minneapolis and we get to do sessions together. Oh, it's a crazy team we are. I love hanging out with her. I love being with her. Every pun to be more like her, but um, all right, I'm done gushing over my little uh, crush, maybe we'll call it. <laughs> um, anyway, Tumptious Raven Eve, great person, awesome dominatrix, full of life, full of energy. You'll love her if you ever get to meet her. I know she is one of my favorite people, and I'm honored to know her as well. Being in the Bardo studio can yeah. only give you inspiration for this place that you have built all around us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I see a few things that are similar. <laughs> like, the, like the hood you're wearing right now. Uh, one of Jean's favorite hoods is the, I call it the banana hood, <laughs> the split hood, whatever you want to call it. It's uh, It's a great... It's good for 99% of people because it allows you to still have your mouth. You can still breathe easily. You can still see. And I can still fuck with you by zipping it closed or zipping it part of the way closed, uh, zipping it all the way closed and, and doing some, you know, some breath play with it in um, that and a lot of other things she just is just a wealth of knowledge and that that's yeah i have two of those hoods i like them so much <laughs> i have two of them it does have a very interesting feeling the one time i have had it closed mm -hmm. and you did such an amazing job talking me through it and i appreciate that you're welcome so this beautiful space that you have here mm -hmm. 
kind of give us a walking tour of what you find when you come into the TRE dungeon? Mm. I'm usually sitting in one of my two thrones <laughs> that are near the front door because uh, I have a throne addiction, apparently. <laughs> <sighs> and I have an addiction to antiques is my problem. So when you walk in, you'll see me sitting there and my, you know, my, all of my antiques as you walk through the door and my oddities and you come in and I usually have you sit down with me in the, the, what I call the seance area and talk and kind of get things started and go over everything with you. And then we usually, I usually bring you in here so that we can kind of get started <laughs> before we end up in the big dungeon so uh and the medical room is across well, from the seance room and then i have this wonderful area my desk like a school naughty boy area <laughs> that i don't use often for sessions but i use it for shooting and it's um and then when i come in and work and do things on the building so it's a fairly large building and it's perfect for me and I I just love it here you seem like you're living your dream I am I'm, I'm living every every woman's dream that ever wants to be a pro dom is to you know <laughs> own your own dungeon and have your own play space and be able to do your own things and not have to worry about anyone else and all your own equipment and this is it's uh, not easy and it's a lot of time and hard work and effort and knowledge right knowledge of knowing what works and how it works and what works with what things like that right so uh, this was a long time coming and it is I it's a I am blessed every day I get to walk into my own dungeon and my own studio and doing it all on my own when you are living your dream mm -hmm. what continues to motivate you my clients my full-time boys motivate me uh, doing this business motivates me. I love what I do. There is absolutely, I, I love every part of it. Sometimes not so much the interaction before getting you here. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we all, that gives all of us kind of a headache sometimes. Some of you are really great at it and others of you are not so much. But I love it. I, I can't imagine not doing this every day. I just can't. It it brings me joy. It is it is my happiness. Do you have a vision of where you want to be in ten years? Um, I hope that in in ten years I'm doing even more. Right. I hope that my video work gets better. I hope that my, you know, session clientele in ten years is down to, you know a really small knit where people like Jean who really doesn't don't ever have to advertise there's you know you have a phenomenal huge clientele of really wonderful clients that you love and playing with 
a lot of the same people more often, mm -hmm. which allows you more of that creativity and freedom and things to do with them. Uh, and a variety. I love variety. Mm -hmm. This business is nothing but variety. <laughs> really, it is. Uh, there are things, there are so many nuances and niches and each little fetish and little thing that you wouldn't believe that sometimes even sessioners throw me off and I'm like, what? You don't want the foot in your mouth. <laughs> what do you mean you don't want the foot in your mouth? Like, uh oh, okay. By the way, you might want to tell that to the next person that you session with because everything you've complained about other people is the fact that they put the foot in your mouth and you didn't tell them you didn't want it in there. Ah. Mm -hmm. So you need to communicate probably better with your next uh, doms that this is not something you like mm -hmm. so that they know that in the session. But, you know, you find there's so many things still I feel like that you that you learn and grow and I hope that in 10 years I'm even more knowledgeable and have more things under my belt and are teaching and helping coach others and, and doing those things. Growing. One word I hear you use so much and I'd just like to hear you talk about what it means to you is the word love. Mm -hmm. You have love for what you do. You have love for the people around you. You have love for your clients. What does love mean to Temptress Raven Eve? Oh, how do you explain love, what it means to you, uh, what it means to somebody else? It is my heart and my passion. And it's a joy, right? It's. It's in, it's ingrained inside. And that's it, I mean, it's a passion. It's something that you need in your life. And that feeling that you can't quite get anywhere else. BDSM is, and fetishes, kinksters. Mm -hmm. These are things that you need in your life. It doesn't go away. You know, and we see those clients who are like, oh, I'm just going to, I don't want this in my life anymore. I'm, I'm, you know, the back and forth clients, big red flags. Anyway, the mm -hmm. back and forth, like, this is something that most people realize and they get into it because it's something that they need and have to have in their life. Mm -hmm. Whether it's in your private life or whether it's not, right? We mm -hmm. service people who don't have this typically in their pri private life and that's what we're here for mm -hmm. right that's what a professional is for you come see me I bring you in I break you down <laughs> I take all your control away and then I gather you back up and I send you back out in the world go Woo <laughs> there you go and it makes you a better human so I have a love and a passion and a desire and it's in my heart for those things. I know from working with you and communicating with you and you always hear me use this word, but I appreciate you so much, mm -hmm. not only for your friendship, but the fact that you have helped me understand and discover 
not only things about this business, but things about myself. And I would be remiss if I just didn't tell everybody just how amazing you are to me. And so I wanted to close on that particular note as your loyal footstool. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And uh, I want to thank everyone for being with us. Um, I want to thank you for taking the time and sharing your amazing space with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me back, and thank you for coming in and sharing it and sharing the new, the new room, the new room with the new setup <laughs> and uh, all the things, and I appreciate it. So there is, uh, you know, a lot that happens from doing wonderful things like this for all of us in the business. So it's a wonderful thing to do, and thank you for coming back. And something tells me we'll be back sometime. Yes. I have a hunch. <laughs> thank you so much for being with us on this FetishCon Friday edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want from the TRE Dungeon for Temptress Raven Eve. I am John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. Yes, and uh, for the FetCon, come see us for our class. We'll be teaching one at FetCon this year together, so don't forget to come see us if you're gonna be there. I was a little distracted. <laughs> I got it in. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm the one with the brain right now. <laughs> You're the one. Just, just lay there. Okay. And um, thank you, everyone, for joining. I'm going to torment and torture now. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free.